0: Thanks for listening to The Vine's podcast. The Vine is a church in Austin, Texas with a simple goal of following Jesus together. And we hope this message helps you in doing just that.
1: Um, We're in a new sermon series, Lord Teach Me to Pray. And I'm just curious, um, if we're just honest, and you you can raise your hand if you want to or not. But how many of us would say we need kind of a boost in our prayer life? Is there anybody that could use a little boosting? Okay, me too. Uh, Today we're going to be looking at the foundation. It's called the Beginner's Guide to Prayer. And then next week Mark's going to look at the Lord's Prayer. um, How Jesus taught the disciples to pray and teaches us to pray as well. And then the the third week we're going to explore that often misunderstood concept of praying without ceasing. And what is that all about? I mean, that's like a lot of prayer, right? You just don't stop. So we got that. So that's coming up for us. But God has wired each one of us to pray. And, if that, and I believe that to be true. But also that I think there are reasons that really impact why we are maybe raising our hands to boost our prayer life or we feel we don't have a great prayer life. And I, let me share four of these with you. I think the first one is people don't know what to pray. Or how to pray, like, am I supposed to pray like this, or do I have to close my eyes, or do I have to speak louder? What words do I say? How do I pray? Um, so just there's the how-to that might prevent us from praying. What about a second one would be just getting bored or distracted. I don't know about you, but for me, I'll start praying, and I'm like, I'm, I'm rolling. I'm 30 seconds in. Things are going good. I am focused. And then all of a sudden, I'm thinking... Ah, I didn't get the oil change today. You know, I'm supposed to pick up some peanut butter. Did I record the game? And then it's just, I'm, I'm done. It's like ADD prayer life with your pastor. And, uh, and that happens <laughs> too much. And then, you know, it's not only the, the, those things that distract us, our mind, but we just, our, our attention span has gotten shorter and shorter. We have our cell phones and, and, and everything. All the screens we're looking at, it's like if something doesn't pop up really fast, we're done. And so, you know, I think that has affected us, and, and and all the noise that we have, whether it's from those screens or just the the noise of the world, and that's almost counter to what prayer is. You know, prayer is has is times of silence. We've gotten to a point where being silent is just it's awkward. It doesn't make it makes us feel a little bit uneasy. In prayer, we need to focus, and like I shared with you, that that can be hard, at least for. For myself, um, there's breathing, there's imagination, there's all these different things that I believe we don't exercise throughout our normal days when it comes to prayer. I think the third thing that affects us is that we think that what we have to come before God, that our requests are too small. That God is all-powerful and he is all-knowing and he is ever-present. And he doesn't want me to bother him with these small requests. So maybe that prevents us from taking things to God. And the fourth reason I would say is that maybe we think that we're praying and do our prayers even really make a difference? I mean, God already knows what he wants to do. Why should I pray? I prayed the last time and it didn't didn't work out too well. So I think for a lot of us, we believe in God. But when it comes to our prayer life, it seems like it can be half-hearted or almost at times non-existent if we're honest. So which of these four might you struggle with the most? As you're thinking about that, let us go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, God, thank you for the gift of prayer. Thank you that you, as the psalmist, um, was read this morning, that you hear our voice, you know our voices, and God, we just thank you for that. Um, And Lord, we just pray now that any distractions that we might have or any of these other barriers that keep us from prayer is um, that we would just learn more about prayer and that you could help us maybe break through some of those barriers and that we could focus um, our hearts and our minds upon you. Lord, we commit this time to you in Jesus' name. Amen. I invited Peg Birch to come up, so uh, let's get Peg. a warm welcome, Peg. Uh, for you who know the Bir- know the Birch's situation, has been they've been through a lot together, and John has, and. Um, so I wanted to ask her a few questions and just to share a little bit about John and what he's all gone through. But we're being recorded right now, so I thought it would be kind of cool because John is at home in his recliner. And so on three, can we just all yell as loud as we can? Hi, John. Can we hey, do that John. together? Well, that's early, yeah. but good. We'll do it early. Okay, ready? Okay. okay. One, two, three. Hi, John. Hi. We miss you, buddy. Um, that's awesome. But can you just first share uh, about... John's why he needed surgery and just some of the complications that were involved in it.
0: Sure. Um, 36 years ago John was diagnosed with oral cancer and part of his treatment included radiation to the lower jaw and neck and yes radiation killed the tumor but it also killed a lot of other structures uh, in its path including um, vital uh, blood vessels salivary glands, his thyroid, etc., and created a lot of scar tissue in his neck. And um, because he didn't have good circulation to his jaw, um, the teeth died, the bone died, and he reached a point where it had to be removed.
1: Mm. And then um, with that, with the surgery having to be removed, can you share a little bit too about, I mean, there's a lot involved there. They took a bone from his leg?
0: They took the fibula from his left leg and used that to rebuild the jaw. They took tissue and skin, um, some to uh, rebuild down here. But a week, week and a half after that, they also had to go back in and rebuild the floor of the mouth.
1: It's amazing all that he's been through. Can you share some of the blessings um, and answered prayers that he was there for almost a month and three major surgeries? Can you share a little bit about the blessings and answered prayer?
0: So in the interest of time, I will hit the top four. (laughs) Um, First one, um, we knew that this surgery was on the horizon and we're told years ago that he would probably need to go to Sloan Kettering in New York or MD Anderson in Houston to have it done. And John was adamant that he stay in his hometown of Austin and have this done. Last December we were introduced to a very talented and gifted craniofacial reconstructive plastic surgeon who's also a very strong Christian, so double blessing there. Um, and then going into surgery again the biggest concern was circulation did he have any good arteries that they could tap into that would nourish the new bone because if he didn't then they couldn't do the surgery so an angiogram before surgery showed that he had one artery right here on the right side that they could tap into but when they went and dissected the mandible out, two vessels showed up over here
1: Mm.
0: that never showed up on the angiogram. Bigger blessing, (laughs) um, really significant down the road because 10 days after they had to go back in and rebuild the floor of the mouth, in doing that, they needed another artery Mm. to tap into. Right there. They could use that one. And two more? Can I yeah, two, yeah, two more. Okay. Um, the first procedure was eleven hours, the second one was seven hours, and um, his vital signs remained stable and rock solid throughout his body never showed any signs of stress or de stress. And throughout all the surgery, postoperatively, no pain. No pain. It's
1: amazing. Incredible. Uh, and, and to see him and to see him after the, some of those surgeries, um, you would think that the pain would be just unbearable. And, and to hear that is amazing. I do remember um, you talking to me in the hallway after one of the st- surgeries, and she, and you said, if anybody doesn't believe in the power of prayer, have them come talk to me. <laughs> so they're all here right now.
0: Yeah. What would they say? What would you say, say to, them? to them? Yeah. them. Um, yeah. I don't think that John and I could have gotten through this last month without this band of warriors, prayer warriors that we had lifting us up in prayer. Um, Two days before the surgery, I came home from work and John looked at me and he said, you know, I have no anxiety about the surgery. I feel such peace. We both did. And I think he is a walking testament to the power of prayer. Mm -hmm. And I think that um, I would say that even if you are very new to prayer life, God knows your heart. And he knows what you need before you do. Mm -hmm. So just getting down on your knees and crying Mm -hmm. out to Lord is enough.
1: Awesome. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you, Peg. Um, and thank you all for, for, for praying for him, for being that you know, band of warriors, uh, for Peg and for John. Um, we we're talking about, as Louise was sharing, about the vine care, uh, already thinking of and they already have of how to come alongside him, so whether it's mowing a yard or sitting with them or whatever that might be. So uh, just thank you for being the church, what God has called us. To be. So, I want to start with uh, just a basic definition of prayer, just something very simple, and that prayer is a converse, conversation with God. It's talking and listening. And it's not so much about performing a duty, but it's about growing in this just wonderfully close, intimate relationship that we have with God. And so, before we jump into a Psalm, chapter 5 that Matt read to us, I want to spend a little, a couple moments in Psalm chapter 4. And I love these two psalms back to back. They're just beautiful, just guides and in a sense a foundation for us um, of of what prayer is all about. So whether you're like on the the, the bunny slope and you're just beginning, um, or you feel like you're a veteran and you've been praying for a a long time, um, I believe there's something we can learn here. In Psalm 4, it's, it's David, they, they call it an evening prayer. And so this is a time when he's preparing to go to bed. And Psalm 5 we're going to look at is, is a morning prayer. But first, Psalm 4 says this. Answer me when I call to you, O my righteous God. Give me relief from my distress. Be merciful to me and hear my prayer. Let the light of your face shine upon us, O Lord. You have filled my heart with greater joy than when there are grain and new wine abound. I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Tim Keller points out that this evening prayer, this time of preparing to, to go to bed and to sleep into peace, it's... Uh, I mean, how he he's shared it, he's saying, like, we prepare our bodies to lie down, but how often do we prepare our heart and our mind to lie down and to rest? It's praying through those things that are, that are worrying us, that are bothering us, that are just stressful to us. And again, that's what David is doing before he goes to bed. I love that. And the first one verse says, give me relief For my distress. Anybody else ever prayed for that prayer? Give me release from my distress. And then he goes on to say, While I want new grain and wine and and I'm worried about my money and about the harvest, but what he's saying at the end there is, But ultimately your face shines upon me. Ultimately, I have you, God. And so have you ever experienced that kind of of an evening prayer before you go to rest. Again, to, to rest your soul as your body is about to. Then it goes into Psalm 5. And Psalm 5, as we read earlier, has a very different feel. So if, if Psalm 4 is about an evening one, about resting our heart, uh, Psalm, Psalm 4 is a morning prayer. It's about getting up and going on and, and seeing what the, the world has. It's, it's an active prayer for us. In verse one, David prays this. He says, "Give ears to my words, O Lord." And as we go through that prayer, David is, is just he's, he's longing for God's attention. He actually says it three times, "Give ears, like, Lord consider, Lord Lord listen, Lord hear. It's like he's just begging God, God perk up your ears. God lean in to what I have to share and to pray. And then he asks, God, consider my sign. Why do you think he's asking that? God, consider my sign. Well, if you're married and you're sitting next to your wife, um, she can give you a sigh sometimes of frustration. (laughs) Just because she's married to a man, right? It's just like, huh. I guess it's not a very good girl sigh, but, you know, You guys can help me out on that one. But then there's the other side. There's that, like, that content side. There's the, the, you make me feel secure and safe, and you're my knight in shining armor. And I, when I see you, it's like, ah, ah, kind of sigh. Okay, I missed on both of those. But you get the point. There's different kinds of sighs. Ask someone next to you to do the sigh. But in a very real sense, what we're reading here is that we can communicate Kate, we can pray to God through a sigh. Whether it's a sigh of contentment or it's, a, it's just a groan. It's the times when we can approach God when we don't know how to put words to our prayer. Maybe our hearts are just that broken. We can't do that. I can't help but think of the, the, the death of the pain. The depth of the pain of those families that lost loved ones last Sunday. In that tragic and just senseless shooting at First Baptist Church in Sutherland Spring. I mean, experiencing heartache and pain and grief to such a degree, they couldn't put it into words, probably. But God hears their sighing. He hears their groaning. In verse 2, David says, listen to my cry for help, my king and my God. For you I pray. I love that part. It's not listen, you know, to my cry for help, king and God. But he says, my king, my God. The relationship that he has there with it. And that as a king, that he, even as a king, that God is accessible. And then he has this intimate relationship. And I don't think we should overlook either that last little phrase, for to you I pray. David prayed to God and you're like, okay, I know this was a beginning thing of prayer, but this is really elementary. But I think it's just, it's so important because it's a central aspect. Because I think so often in times our our prayer life, again, can center around our requests and our feelings. And we're going to talk more about that. But how much time do we consciously focus on who God is and God's presence with us? And then in verse 3, David says, In the morning, O Lord. I love that. In the morning, O Lord. David made it a point to begin his day in prayer, to set the tone for the day, to pray. Do you begin your day with prayer? You know, the days I do, it's much different than the days I don't. Or, or do you begin, before your feet even touch the, the ground, do you have that, your cell phone? You're starting to light up the bedroom, right? And you're looking at all that and you're, you're into your day uh, before you ever have. And you might be thinking, Ted, I'm not a morning person. I like that evening prayer a whole lot better than the morning. And, and that might be true for, for some of you. But I just encourage you that even if you're not a morning person, to start and to consider taking time to start your day in prayer. He goes on to say, In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my request before you. Again, he hears our voices. He's longing for us to talk to him about everything, everything that matters to us. Uh, I love the scripture in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, the small things, the middle-sized things, the big things, it says, with petition and thanksgiving, present your request to the Lord. God wants to talk to us to talk to Him. Because what matters to us, matters to God. So if it's headaches for you, maybe headaches are just, they're plaguing you and it's just, it just makes it hard to function. Talk to God about it. If you're about to make a a big purchase, you're like buying a house or a car, talk to God. Pray about it. If you're struggling in school or maybe in a friendship or relationship, pray about it. If there's tension in your family and you you can see the holidays are they're approaching, we got Thanksgiving around the corner, and then Christmas will be here before we know it. And you're like, oh gosh, that tension's gonna grow. And you know it, and it's just feeling, and it's heavy. We need to pray about it. In 1 Peter 5, 7, we're told to, to cast all of our cares and anxiety upon God. Why? Because he cares about us. He cares about us. And then at the end, I love this last part of verse 3. It says, what does David do after he prays? He says, I wait in expectation and I believe that God wants us to expect more when we pray. And yet, how often do we pray in a sense with no expectations? Kind of just pray, or maybe there's a little expectation. But it says, I wait in expectation. Basically, what I, when, I, when I read that, it's like, God, I can't wait to see what you're going to do. You might do exactly what I'm praying for and asking in the depth of my heart. God, you might do something even better. Or you might do something completely different. But when I'm waiting in expectation, I'm listening and I'm being attentive to how God is going to answer those prayers. As opposed to I pray and if I'm not really waiting in expectation, I just kind of move on and almost forget. It's that waiting, it's that listening intently and and. For what God is going to do. And we can pray with great expectation. Because we can approach God. We can approach the throne of grace. In confidence. In the book of Hebrews. Chapter 4 verses 16 through 17. um, This is from the message translation. It reads this. Now that we know what we have. Jesus. This high priest. With ready access to God. Let us not. Let it slip through our fingers. We don't have a high priest who is out of touch with our reality. He's been through the weakness and testing. He's experienced it all, all but sin. So let us walk right up to him and get what he is ready to give. Take mercy and accept help. The best thing about this verse is that we get to draw near to God and that we have access to him through Jesus Christ and his death upon the cross. And and since we have that full access, shouldn't we take advantage of all that God has for us? Shouldn't we seek his counsel and, and his comfort, his love, and his wisdom? Now Mark and I was we were talking about this series, um, we wanted this to be much more than just us giving a sermon on prayer. We wanted it to have a chance to, um, for us to have a prayer experience. So I want to invite you, if you, hopefully you all received one of these half sheets of of white paper. If you can pull that out. If you don't have one, look on your neighbors. <laughs> Get to know your neighbor. But what I want to introduce you to, this is called... The, the daily Examine. Uh, it's a form of prayer. It's a 500-year-old form of prayer create, created by St Ignatius of Loyola. And St. Ignatius was a Spanish priest. He was a theologian. He founded the order called the Jesuits, who were missionaries to the Pope. And this is a, this ancient form of prayer that we're going to go through and pray together. Um, One, it answers that question, that hurdle of what do I pray for? So we're going to have this time to do that. It's a prayer that examines and reviews our life. So I don't know how often you do that. Maybe if you're in a a job and you have an annual, annual review or something like that. But how often do you go before the Lord and just review the day and the stuff that connects us with it? So if you have this, um, I want to walk us through these five steps. So um, at first, let's just close our eyes and prepare our hearts to go before the Lord. And just take a moment to be still, to take a deep breath, and to quiet your heart before the Lord. The first step of the prayer of examine is to ask God for understanding. And so, uh, if you want to look at just under the ask God for understanding, if we could say this uh, short prayer together. Father, I want to see my life through your eyes, not my own. I pray for the grace to pray, to see, and to understand. Amen. Amen. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 to rejoice in the Lord always, to give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Notice he doesn't say give thanks for all circumstances, but rather it is give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for us in whatever circumstance that we face, that we will face it with gratitude. So we're gonna take a moment now on the second step here, as if you're fallen, and that is to give thanks. I want us just to take a moment to recall the good gifts that God has given us, to give thanks for how he's at work in your life. So let's take a moment now to just go before the Lord with thanksgiving. As we continue in a spirit of gratitude, we go on to the third step, and that third step is reviewing the events of the day. And as we're gathering here this morning, it maybe it's reviewing a few things that happened this morning. But what if you look back on to, to Saturday or to even to even on Friday? To take time to look back and to review that weekend. For me, one of the most beautiful aspects Uh, of the gospel is this, the notion of Emmanuel, that God is with us. And I think sometimes we go through our days and we don't recognize the presence of God. So as we review our day or just again this weekend, take a moment and think about those times where you saw God's presence at work in your life or in a situation or in a relationship. Let's take a minute to pray about that. the fourth step of this form of prayer is to recall what did not go well and as we've already had a time in our worship to um, to ask God what do I need to confess what do I need to lay down before you to let go of and if that's not a a a part of your rhythm of your prayer life we encourage you to, to have that lay those things before the Lord. the fifth and final step of this prayer is, what is God calling you to? It's, it's looking into the future. It's Maybe it's looking into tomorrow or even later today. What is God calling you to do? And, and some things you'll know of and others will be divine appointments that might not be on your calendar. But it's a sense of, God, would you prepare my heart as I pre- go into this day, that my heart and my mind can be focused upon you. So let's just take a moment to pray for what lies ahead today and, and as we go into a new week. God, we we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you that because He came and died, that we now have access to you and to have a relationship with you. God, help us to to draw near to you. Help us to grow in our relationship with you, to get to know you better. And Lord, help us to begin to implement the disciplines of, of just having a time of prayer. And not that it's restricted at all to the morning or to the evening. But Lord, that we may start our day with you. Think, and, and just seek to honor you. And to keep our eyes upon you as we go into that day. And Lord, may we also, at the end of the day, rest our hearts. Rest our minds. Cast all of our cares upon you. God, thank you that you offer that to us through prayer. Lord, now as we approach your table to receive the gift of communion. God, we thank you and praise you for how you meet us here.